Welcome to Crushed by Margaret K. Bourne-Smith, the podcast where I grill a guest about the horror and hilarity of unrequited love. My guest today is hilarious actor, podcaster, author and comedy pin-up, Izzy Satie. Izzy, hello. 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 You have written a lot about the reality of love, I yes, feel like. Have. Um, have you had a lot of fantasy relationships in your life? Um, yes. I have. I think much more so when I was younger. Yeah. Um, not just fantasy relationships, of which I had loads, but also, like, you know, after a breakup, when you fantasise that you didn't break up and <gasps> that he sees you... Like, it's the only way to cope sometimes, yeah. I think, with the pain. Yeah, that even... There was this guy who kind of broke my heart when I was, like, I don't know, maybe 17, and he was 23, which is a bit weird now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, lovely to remember those things. The nineties, yeah. (laughs) Um, And um, he really did break my heart. And um, for years and years, whenever I walked along this stretch of road that I knew he drove his dad's Land Rover along, which was really the only way into the centre of town, every single car that went past, I would imagine that he was driving it. And so I'd walk in a certain way and sort of look really nonchalant, like I'm just looking at a hedge. I'm not even looking at what cars are going (laughs) past. I actually think um, when I'm doing exercise, if I want to make sure that my technique is good, I imagine that someone I fancy is watching me. Yes. <laughs> you could probably actually do like five minutes longer. Yeah, exactly. Look. And your posture's better. <laughs> it's very... Maybe that's the answer. If you want people to work harder in exercise classes, you put a panel in the room that people they fancy can stand behind and watch them. Do you think it would be better if the people exercising could see the people they fancy? Oh, no, maybe they're just told. Because the truth is, we're not getting those people (laughs) to watch us exercise. I'd love it, but it's not going to happen, sadly. No, I'm not really talking about us because we're sort of old and settled now, aren't we? Sure, I don't fancy anyone except my husband. Exactly. (laughs) But if we think of ourselves at... 27 or something would have been useful yeah but then it wouldn't be good to see this panel of people because what if the person you fancy hadn't turned up and everyone else's had <laughs> it'd be like parents going to um the nativity play oh god yeah 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 the gap oh no this is too sad immediately um so let's not talk about your 23 year old boyfriend and whatever issues he might have had um <laughs> Let's talk about... So who was your... Can you remember your first ever crush? Um, So it could be a celebrity or somebody you knew. I can remember, like, my first... I can remember loving New Kids on the Block, and I think that probably was my first... And which one did you like? Joey. Well, it changed, so... Because there was one that looked like a horse. (laughs) Yeah, was that Danny? Danny. Danny. Oh, yeah, yeah, so I think Danny. I actually did fancy Danny at one point because I felt like he, like they were all very good looking and he probably was average looking yes. but fine, wasn't he? Yeah. But compared to them, he, so I sort of spotted that and so I fluctuated between Danny and Joey. Um, and did you ever feel like you were cheating on one with the other? <laughs> Like it was wrong to switch affiliation because that's the sort of thing I would have been worried about. It's funny because you do have that thing, don't you, where you pick one and that's your... Mm. And we used to do that in real life as well with like me and my best friend Joe. We'd be like, 
it'd be easier if we fancied two best friends because then, you know, they'd often be together at break time. So we'd, we'd work out, you know, do they fancy us? They'd come as a package. So yeah. it's just easier pragmatically. But also with these double dates that we used to fantasise about, it would be easier to go on the double dates. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if I did that with, if I picked one. No, I don't think I did feel guilty, actually. I think I... Because they were American, I was like, maybe I'll never meet them because they're American, not because they oh, were yeah. a famous pop band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, no, but I think you're right that um, a step away, uh, you know, another step away, not only are they a famous pop band, which weirdly teenage girls aren't that phased by. No, That's just normal. not. No. But in a different country, how are you going to to get there? I think that was it, like the idea of going to America, you know, We'd been to France, but... <laughs> but you d- didn't fancy Johnny Halliday? Or... Oh, it's weird. <laughs> it's terrible that's the only French pop star I well, can name. Well, well done for thinking of one. <laughs> JJ Bunnell from The Stranglers. Oh, there you go. Actually, he is really hot. There you go. Um, but I didn't know about The Stranglers then, so I was young. And also, he would have been about 20 oh, years old than me, so that would have been really weird. So bad. <laughs> oh, I did a lot of... Cal- with my crushes, I did a lot of age calculations. Because, you know... Uh, Hugh Laurie, at the time I fancied Hugh Laurie, I knew I knew that wasn't going to work. And it's weird because I sort of think now I probably could, I probably should go for it, right? Well, you should now. <laughs> with him, no, with I his... did a, yeah, yeah, a lot of that. Well, also, he's got better and better and better oh, with age, no, hasn't he? so unfair. I feel like Tom Ho- Hollander has yeah. as well. Like, there's... There are people, I think, with guys, everyone peaks. Yes. And I always think, I hope An I ideal age. <laughs> yeah, it'll only be when you're, when you're 17, you look back and you can go, oh, turns out 27 was great. <laughs> turns out 69 was great. Nothing left to live for now. <laughs> if only I could wind back the but clock if you're eight getting, months. <laughs> if you're getting better and better towards 69, then that's oh, yeah. amazing. Oh, so do you think you gradually get better like a graph? Yes, like and then tail away. Yeah. I was imagining that you actually don't, and then it's suddenly... Very it, suddenly, because, for like 10 minutes. But what would that be due to? Surgery, haircut, <laughs> <laughs> going to the gym? Well, no, I like to think it's confidence yeah. and uh, knowing what suits you and yeah, all of no, that. Yeah, no, I, I do I do really think that. But I do think it can happen quite quickly that, yeah. you, that you reach your peak. And then... Suddenly someone looks incredibly hot. And it is yeah. and it is mainly men who, when they're older, are like, oh, my God, why? Louis Theroux. Oh, my yes. God. Yes. Although so unfair. That's true. Although I think for a while he's been gorgeous. Yeah, he has been gorgeous but for yeah, a long no, time. I mean, he hasn't declined, has he? No, he's honestly got better. You look at when he started Weird Weekends. Uh, we should get him on the podcast, shouldn't we? Yeah, we <laughs> Play should. Also, words. I was just thinking, imagine if two middle-aged, sorry, but we are, men were discussing <laughs> whether women had peaked or not yet. <laughs> Now, I feel like we've earned this. You Living under what? the patriarchy. All those years, we actually I, have. Let's yeah, do come on. Louis Theroux, still peaking. Still peaking. John Stewart. John Stewart yeah. may be tailing off now, I don't do know. Do you think so? I, I haven't seen him recently, but, um, yeah. I mean, I don't. I want to be not... I don't want to pick people who've peaked. Be like, they no. It. There were boys at school who definitely... So that it's interesting. I don't know if you find this as well, but sometimes I go back home... And you remember those guys who everyone had all mm. these crushes on at school, yeah. especially sort of, they were either sporty guys yep. or they were sometimes at my school, because my school's sort of very arty. They they could be guys with long hair who were 
into bands yeah, and stuff. Yeah, sixth form was definitely the indie boys with, with long hair were like, oh my God. Yeah, and, yeah. You were, and then you see them now <clears throat> and you're like, oh, so that was, that's what, when I think, oh my God, I hope I haven't peaked. Because yeah. I still think of myself as like 20. And then you see people from school who you used to fancy and you're like, you're 43. Oh God, I'm 43. I'm 43 as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think this, the lesson is to not base everything on, on looks, I suppose. Yeah, I guess that's what we've proved by discussing how good-looking loads of men are. (laughs) (laughs) Is this how this show always starts? No, it's you, Izzy. It's just you. (laughs) Let's talk about how hot we are how hot we've been. (laughs) No, let's not. Let's not do that. So you didn't feel like you were cheating on your new kids on the block? No, Uh, I didn't. No, I didn't. And I... Do you know what? I didn't have a take that... So, basically, everyone in my school seemed to, like, take that. And for whatever reason, I didn't mind their music, but I didn't get that kind of obsession with take that. And was that you sort of um, doing an identity thing where you're saying, no, I'm different? It could have been. Yes, it could have been. You do get that, don't you? You're kind of, I'm kicking against this. Um, Yeah. Because I did it with Bross as well. I think we were slightly too young for Bross. but I remember the ripped jeans and stuff, slightly older yeah. girls having that. And by that, I mean girls who were like a year older than me. But yes. when you're young, that's That's massive, everything. Oh, no. Well, I remember, um, because I am, I'm a little bit older than you, and I <laughs> really had to say little. Yeah. <laughs> don't be saying I haven't peaked. When I say you haven't peaked, I don't mean that you're not gorgeous now. <laughs> Imagine me, so I'd be like, oh, no, you're yet you're to peak. <laughs> Sorry. Yet Let to me peak. see you again in five years. <laughs> I'm going to say that every time I see you from now on. <laughs> it's either a compliment or a diss, isn't it? Yeah, you can take it either way. You haven't peaked yet. I haven't peaked Don't yet. worry, you've got so much. Or, no, sorry, that skirt. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I, with Bros. So, so Bros were very much my era, so the girls in my class were obsessed with Bros. And, and actually, I found it quite alienating because I really, and I still don't, I don't get it at all. Like, I understand cheekbones and and whatever but that it just wasn't me nothing I mean I hated the music as well which didn't help obviously I think it doesn't help I think it's good that you hated the music though like I think that's good that you have that opinion because I think sometimes when you're a young teenager you're you're kind of blind to the music you're just looking at you're kind of swept up in the whole spectacle of it the idea of going to see them live and the fact that everyone has posters of them do people still have posters on their walls I don't know I think they must do. Old enough is she just about? Yeah, to have... yeah. She's still she's not quite into fancying people, but, but does she, she has... has posters on her wall of like I don't know horse yeah. riding competitions. <laughs> what? It's like what I do you got think kids. I'm doing to my daughter? <laughs> po- no. Pony jumping certificate, horse riding competition. She's got a poster of a horse riding competition. Yeah, that she didn't enter. Just. <laughs> No, she doesn't have that. No, she has. Um, she does have posters, but they're posters. I mean, now they have things like posters in books and whatever. So you have like a, a poster from your favorite book or your favorite comic strip oh, or yeah, whatever. So she'll have so, she'll like, have that. My neighbor to Toro and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, my son has a poster of. Of Pokemon or something. Aww. I don't think he's even particularly into Pokemon, but anyway. Um, but no. So the Bross thing, I. In my social life, so age 12, 13, and that is the weird time in your social life where you're sort of doing things without your parents but not too late and whatever. I I used to go and I remember going to queue for Bross tickets 
having no interest in buying them, so I wasn't buying them or whatever, but that was what everyone I knew was doing on the Saturday, was queuing outside Hammersmith Palais. And so I went along and I, I really loved it. And um, So I really understood the whole spectacle thing but also I just was completely alienated from it as I say I didn't fancy them I didn't I loved smash hits actually because that was super funny but I didn't want to go and scream at them and with them and whatever yeah um, so you've got that detached but in a way that's quite but it's quite cool. sad oh. well it was quite uh, it was both <laughs> let's say it was cool and sad I mean because I found my, I did because comedy became the thing but it was just a much much smaller group it was me and two friends who liked Stephen Fry and even then I felt I'd slightly bullied them into liking Stephen Fry and going let's all say that we're married to them and, and whatever yeah. um, and you don't have if I'd gone to a Fry and Laurie recording and screamed, <laughs> I would have been thrown out. So it's very much not the same experience. I went to see Robbie Williams on one of his first ever solo gigs because I really liked the Supernaturals, who were the band who was supporting him. And I couldn't, I couldn't understand the screaming. I just stood there going, "What? I don't understand what the screaming is. I don't know what you're screaming at. But did you ever go through a phase like that where you did... Screamed. I've never screamed at a concert. No, in fact, my imagine... mum my saw the Beatles and was really annoyed by the screaming, particularly then because she couldn't hear anything. Well, I mean, yes, that, <laughs> that must be really annoying. That reminds me of when... I don't, were you there? We went to Hot Tub Cinema. Um, no. So <laughs> it was with um, Izzy, Mant and... Um, Michelle Farr, anyway, people listening won't know who those people are, but they're lovely ladies. Um, but you hired a hot tub, and my sister was there too. You hired a hot tub, and it was on top of a roof in East London, and it was all very, very trendy. And we got a cheaper ticket, which meant we had to share a hot tub with a couple. Um, <laughs> We were like... I mean, they've got the bad deal there. Yeah, I think they have really, yeah. We were just like, oh, God. You know, um, and I don't think the girl was especially pleased that there were loads of other women in bikinis, like, sitting next to her husband, who she didn't know. But we were all, like, squashed into this boiling hot hot tub and actually sitting in a hot tub for two hours. And what was... Is, was that the event? So the event was you watched a film. Oh, okay. So you So we watched um, Top Gun... And my sister was there too. And my sister was very annoyed that the sound wasn't loud enough and we couldn't hear. She was like, I'm really trying to follow the plot. And I was like, do you know what? I don't really think that people are here for the plot of Top Gun. Um, but yeah, it reminded me of the screaming thing. And, and also at the end of that, there was one of the bleakest moments I've ever been party to. There was a, a, another hot tub nearby. There were loads of them. And a girl in that hot tub, which had a group in it, took off her bikini top and poured a bottle of Prosecco over her boobs and then looked around and no one in the hot tub was looking at her so she just put her bikini top back on and only I'd seen. And I was like, oh, oh my mate. God. And also you've just wasted loads of Prosecco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I always think that when people talk about having a bath in champagne, yeah. I'm always like, wasting. You're getting the champagne all puby. Who wants that? that? Cleopatra and the milk. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I immediately think practically. I think with, yes. I know. I, I mean, that yeah. was bleak for you, right? But imagine how bleak that is for her. Because that's the sort of thing she will be... How old was she? Oh, I suppose in her mid-twenties. Yeah. yeah. She'll be thinking... If that was me, I would be thinking about that every single night. I'd be waking up <laughs> at 3am every single night in a hot <laughs> flush of shame. I think the reason that I felt sad for her is because that is... I haven't ever done that, but that is 
not exactly the kind of thing that I would have done when I was younger, but certainly that feeling of like, I'm going to do something crazy in the moment and see what happens. Like the fact that I jumped off a bridge for a one pound bet because people were like, jump off that bridge. And I was like, okay. And then broke my ankle when I was 13. Like, I am very much that person. Yeah. I think, no, I? Because, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, exactly. There's no, when I say that, that thing of shame it's really weird isn't it because yeah, it's because the sort actually, of thing way, it's quite you know it's like, yeah why not yeah just, that's yeah. absolutely that should have been a moment that she was like yes I'm free and I'm spontaneous and, and look at me and she possibly thought it was going to inspire a load of yes. people <laughs> and instead she has one woman staring at her it was boiling hot had to keep sitting we had to keep getting up and perching on the top of the hot tub. And because it was it, too hot. It was so hot. Like, it's not good to be... Because a hot tub's temperature doesn't go down. Right. It's, a, it's not like a bath. Because I love really hot baths and you get in and you know it's going to yeah. get cooler. With a hot tub, the temperature's maintained. So it's not very good for you to be in there for two hours. No. Yeah. It sounds very badly thought through, yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> but anyway, the no- my sister was very annoyed about the volume. And yeah. Mom, it reminded me of your mum being annoyed about the screaming because I think that's how I would have been too at the Beatles. Yeah. Like, like, I'm trying to listen to Hard Day's Night and yeah. I can't hear it. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I honestly think that I'd have felt that even if my if I was mainly in love with... Paul McCartney or whatever I, I think that there's still you'd sort of oh, I don't well maybe I wouldn't have been I don't know I think you I think there is something amazing about being caught up in that yeah it's like group thing. hysteria yeah yeah and I've never yeah. I've never been involved in that I've been in you know festivals I've been, I've been in big crowds where I've got you know hoarse from singing and and shouting and whatever but that doesn't it was never out of lust. <laughs> yeah. I haven't ever thrown... Oh, I have. I, so I was going to say, I haven't ever thrown anything at um, a pop star, like underwear or something, but I did throw a pound coin. Oh, at, you see, no, yes. that's an act of abuse. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's how he took it as well. So oh. Take That came to play Matlock Bath Illuminations and it was right at the beginning of their careers, Um at the very beginning, I mean, they were playing a kind of road show, you know. That was I was going to say, anyone there. Matlock is not the <laughs> it's not, it's not a lovely venue called the Pavilion, but yeah, <laughs> going into a bandstand on a freezing cold night with 50 people wasn't alongside Hammersmith Apollo on their tour schedule. Um, but I, I was right at the front with my friend Joe, um, and uh, we we watched them, and we were like, it was the first. I, I think I did get a bit giddy because they were wearing like faux leather yeah. outfits and stuff and we were only about 12 or 13 it was just like oh my god you know and then my dad had given me a pound and uh they dropped us off they were going to pick us up i think or they were standing at the back our parents and i i was really enamored with their performance oh, and i threw it? the pound coin at the stage not really just to give them money because yeah. i thought yeah. it was like busking and it you're trying to hit the, hit one of the pants on the head. oh my god i think it was howard it hit him above his eye on, on his eyebrow oh my god yeah. maybe you're the reason that he's got that missing bit of eyebrow oh my god <laughs> <laughs> wow we've now got a tabloid scoop here yes, we have. <laughs> wow so did he did he react he just looked a bit confused he didn't know where it had come from well, there really weren't many audience there, so they could have probably questioned each of us and got to the bottom <laughs> of it. But... I love that idea. Let's, everyone stop the music. Yeah, okay, and going guys, to question everyone. Yeah. 
but that wasn't lust either. Or Not was really, it? really, although I think I did find Were they just in them. pants? Were they... I don't remember them being just in pants, but I definitely remember leather or, or sort of this fake leather and then maybe braces. I think they used to wear, like... Do you know when they used <laughs> yes. to be topless, but wear trousers with braces? <laughs> I think it's really weird the way we're told what's sexy sometimes. <laughs> I think it's like why were there what these sort of stripes over the nipples? I don't, yeah. uh, I don't understand. Or chaps, arseless chaps. No, I know it's so weird. I don't think that's the case so much anymore, is it? With no. boy bands, like I can't imagine One Direction. Wearing no, that stuff. It's but more... then, uh, but then we do have things like Magic Mike now, oh, yeah. which I haven't seen. But, but what is that? I've well, always confused as to... Is it a bit like the Chippendales? That's the thing. I think it must be the Chippendales, a very high-end Chippendales with a plot. <laughs> yeah, that, I get the feeling it's got a plot. But also there's a comic that Samantha Baines... Yes, I think it, so what, she's in it, so she must be part of the good. plot. Yeah. So I couldn't work out what her role... This is only from looking at the adverts, what her role in it... And actually I thought, <laughs> I must go and see it. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, is this going to be like full Monty? Like, now I'm the target audience probably. Well, we are the target middle-aged ladies well, now. Maybe we should go in on, on our next <laughs> Okay, let's do party. it. Let's do it. I'm well up for that. Because my, my sister went and saw the film Magic Mike and she really is um, not the sort of, ty- you know, she's not a Chip and Dale's type of person. And she, she was pregnant at the time, which can make you super horny. Um, and it really did for her. She was completely overwhelmed by it. Was she? she was like, she she was so. She'll hate me saying this probably, but she was so turned on, like she could she couldn't really cope with it. And I was so I was mesmerised by it. Like when she was telling me this, I couldn't believe that this because it's just some film. I would have expected that to be either funny or just sort of tawdry and boring, you know. And the fact that it's genuinely hot and is the fact intriguing that it's a to me. Film. Imagine what she would do if she went to see them live. <laughs> well, quite. But that's good in a way. Yes. Like, that's what should happen. Yeah. Like, it can't... I know what you mean, because I would think that it would be funny, but actually it must work for a lot of yeah. people, otherwise it wouldn't be in that genre. Yeah, it would absolutely. It just be like a weird because sub-genre of films that are supposed to be sexy, but are just Yes, funny. that aren't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of which there are probably loads. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny, isn't it? Because I always thought with, with the Chippendales, it was always... Um, it was mainly laughter that they were getting you know it's sort of it screams but it's not screams of ah take me now it's like oh my god can you believe we're watching this or can you believe that man's whatever yeah and if you think of like I've never been to a Hendy when there's been a stripper I'm happy to say Mm. um but I imagine and when you sort of hear about it or see it depicted in films it's sort of funny in that I don't know I suppose that typically British way of like Oh, he's got his socks on, but his willies out. Not that the stripper would be doing that, but you know what I mean? Like, he's putting yeah. cream on his dick. And, yeah, no. Not I, like, oh, actually, that's really hot. Yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah, I've only been at one, yeah, one event where that, where there was a stripper. Was and it was... <laughs> no. I'm going to book one of Magic Mike. I don't know why I've given her a northern accent. Yeah, she's she... really not northern. I'm going to book one someone from Magic Mike. And why is she so old? <laughs> Big age gap, <laughs> reunited maybe later in life. She's 70. Yeah, she is 70, that's right. I she was She's pregnant. a couple of, yeah. <laughs> couple of years younger than my mum, correct. <laughs> um, 
No, but she, yeah, so this is a, a, like another friend's, but I don't think it was a Hindu, I think it was a, a birthday. But it was excruciating, I would say. And I don't, I don't think she enjoyed it. I mean, she's one of those people that she absolutely would put on a show of, I'm enjoying this because somebody has gone to the trouble. As, as would I. Because same. It's, you're, same. it's the ultimate rejection of a present. Yeah. The present is alive and in front of you. <laughs> Naked. <laughs> Yeah, you have to clap and yeah. rub cream on them and whatever. Um, but I don't think she enjoyed it and I don't really... I, I think with those things, there's normally like one or two people really enjoying it. And I think generally that's because they find it funny rather than because it's super hot. Oh, I think that too. And also, yeah, I can't imagine... like like I, Your sister coming away from the Magic Mike film and being like, I was actually really turned on... It would be different her uh, Hendu being like, I saw this stripper and I was so turned on. Somehow that's different. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, it's the reality of like, it. Yeah, maybe actually it being a film was easier because there was the distance. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're back to that American thing. We are, of, yeah, um, it's easier to... Oh, that thing where... Have you ever had a crush on someone that you sort of know inside um, is sort of too... Not too good for you, but... Um, <laughs> You know, like when you're young and it's like, it's maybe someone in a sixth form or something. You yeah. just think they'd never look twice at me. And, yeah. But in a strange way, there can be a comfort in that. Oh, because totally. Because you know inside, it's a safe way yeah. of almost practising loving someone without oh any Oh my God, that's, ex- that's exactly what it is. I feel like I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I didn't tell people that I that I fancied them. Even when, even when something could have happened realistically, like you know, my late teens and whatever, I still was just absolutely unable because I'd been so used to the the practice version and the safety of it. The idea of exposing myself like that as somebody who fancies people and <laughs> yeah. what oh what and you think they're going to fancy you back or something? Yeah. Oh my god, you idiot! Yeah. Um, and so yeah, the safety of having a so did you have a sixth former or like what's your most intense crush and that's usually around that time isn't it the sort of classic teenage yeah I remember when Joe and I Joe Gibbs my best friend from sort of when I was an early teenager when we were about I think we were 13 we fancied two sixth forms called Dan and Tim and um I think Dan might have picked me up physically one day and swung me around they must have known we fancied them I mean nothing yeah. ever happened but they probably were 17 and um Tim lived was a Christian missionary and he lived in a big <gasps> and was he massive, your one no he was Joe's yeah he lived in a big house in Matlock Bath um that's not it's not owned by this um this missionary group anymore but lo- you know there were hundreds of people living there it was an amazing building and you could get behind it in the woods and we used to just go and stand outside it and shout his name, but, like, through the forest. There's just no way that he would have... And even if he had heard, why would he have come out? There's two children standing in yeah. the wood, you know, but... That's so interesting. That's almost like a ritual, a sort of... You know, that you thought it was, um, what's the word, telepathic yeah, or like something, rather could... than, like, the idea that he'd actually hear you and come out would have been awful. I know, exactly. It's almost like you, you're testing reality, isn't it? Mm. I don't remember going to Dan's house. Um, I remember he lived in Winster, which was a nearby village. I don't think we ever went there. But then I remember that Joe and I also had a crush on twins, which was the ultimate package. You know, I was talking about them being best friends, which Dan and Tim were, and that was kind of why we fancied them, I think. When it's twins, you're like, amazing, they live together. So if we go outside the house and shout their name, we're getting two for the price of one, essentially. And um, they lived... <laughs> They lived in um, 
Cromford, which is another village near Matlock, and we got the bus there and we got water <laughs> pistols and we stood at the end of their road and we were like, said so we they were at a different school from us but we knew a lot of people at that school and we saw one of their friends who we knew and we were like can you go and get them tell them we've got water pistols <laughs> like that would mean they'd be like what's a water pistol let's go and see and then we'd sort of spray them that was our plan yeah we'd spray them with the water pistols and be like <laughs> <laughs> they didn't come out pretty sexy some children at the bottom of the road <laughs> yeah. with some water pistols <laughs> One of them's got black eyeliner all around her eyes that she's nicked from her mum. I actually think I was different from you. I did I did go out with a lot... Not yeah. only did I go out with a lot of boys um, when I was quite young, but I also was quite forthright in telling people that I fancied them. And I wrote songs. So Joe and I had a, um, an, a business called Izzy and Joe's Dating Agency. Oh, my God. And we Amazing. made stamps saying Izzy and Joe's Dating Agency and stamped them all over my pony certificates. I'm like, no, I didn't have any either. We stamped them all over my swimming certificates and my ballet certificates. All of my certificates. I'm saying all. I've had like four probably. Covered from in that age. Certificates. All stamped with Izzy and Joe's Dating Agency all over them. You can't even see my name. So you were enabling other people. Was it just dating for you? Or? So it was for me and her basically. So the idea initially was that we would match people up, I guess, our friends with boys. Right. But that side of it never really took off and it was just no, her trying to no, find a this boyfriend. Is, this is very much like my cat-finding agency. <laughs> what was so, that, to find your own cat? <laughs> no, it was to find, we once stumbled across a, a, a lost cat and re- returned it to its owner, which I can say is a brilliant thing to happen. Oh, and we yeah. loved it so much that we were like, well, we're clearly really good at this. Let's start an agency. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very much that sort of wrong-headed, what do you do? You walk up and down your own road looking okay. in gardens. That's it. That's like it. That is so yeah. exciting. Though, yeah. When you're young. Yeah. It's like you're, you've got this secret because everyone else is just using the road in a normal way, but you're looking for this yes, thing. Yes, you've got a mission. Yeah. I think, yeah, sort of crushes that. That is what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, it is. And actually, so with Izzy and Joe's dating agency, I used to write these songs. And the idea was, again, I think that we'd use the songs... To lure men, like sirens. From another, yeah, from the point of view of of one of my friends, I'd write a song about a boy and then she would sing it. So I would have sort of facilitated the beginning of the relationship. But again, that didn't really happen. But I did used to write songs from my point of view and Joe's point of view about, and we wrote one for Tim and Dan that was like, Tim, you remind me of a shooting star. And Dan, I always wonder where you are. So she sang the first line, I sang the second line. Then together we'd sing... And you know we'd do anything for you, but you, you don't love us too. So in all the songs, there was this admittance. And all the songs were like that. It was like, I look at you, you're beautiful, you're amazing, but you will never look my way. And I wonder if there was an element of... You know that way that people don't will be look like, this way. is shit, so don't... You know, mm. like my mum often does it. She's like, oh, I've cooked a pie. It's probably terrible. I don't even know what herbs are in it. Oh, just nobody eat it. Nobody eat it. I sort of think it was a similar thing. Yeah. And uh, pies are always really nice, you know. And we were, well, with all these boys, we were we were great. We were a good oh catch. Oh, my God, But yeah. it was that thing of going, I'll get there first and say that you don't fancy me. So that if you say I'm not interested, I've sort of... I've, I've sort of said I'm not bothered if you're not interested. Yeah, and it's really it's really sad. What I think is sad about that is that it would make a boy, even if they liked you, it would make it so hard for them to say, 
I do like you. And that's sort of the challenge, isn't it? It's sort of going, you want them to say, despite all of that, despite the fact that you have said, I'm not going to, and, you know, you, you've already sort of rejected me through yeah. this song, I'm still, I'm going, still going for to. you. And also the act of writing someone a song, especially at a young age, is it's hard for them to say, I really like you, because it's scary if oh, someone God, yeah. <laughs> writes you a song. And you're a 13-year-old boy, because we used to put it in their bags. And there was, oh my God. There were two, again, two best friends that we fancied at the same school as the twins we'd moved on from the twins since they weren't interested <laughs> in the water pistols. And they were called Sam and Jack, these two best friends that we fancied. And mine was... Now, I fluctuated from one to the other. I was going to say, how did that work? Was I, Joe all right with that? Yeah, Joe was okay with it. So at first I fancied Sam and she fancied Jack. And we had a song about Jack and two songs about Sam because he, he was mine. So I wrote two songs <laughs> for me and one song for her. And we recorded all these songs onto a cassette tape and we went to their school, Anthony Gell School, and left it somehow in one of their bags. And I do not know how we shouldn't have been allowed into the school. I mean, that wouldn't happen now. No, you have to God. identify yourself. To go we through a metal detector. In. I know. I don't think it stands up if you say, if you buzz the buzz and they be like, we're here to deliver but them some love I songs. I love him. To, yeah, so. <laughs> you must, love will let me in. I'm not a pupil at this school. Um, but yeah, we must have had an inset day because they were all at school. And then somehow or other, we got this tape to them and I'm sure we put it in their bag and that they were in assembly that's how I remember it but I don't know how that we might have even left it at reception maybe and asked them but they got this tape and how do you know so what was the response the reason I know is because we knew a lot of people at that school and that school was even more kind of arty and bohemian than Highfield where I went um, the headmaster really admired what we'd done Aww. and he played the tape in assembly no. oh my god I know and what was the response? Well, they just didn't do anything these days. But then... <laughs> Did the head teacher do anything, though? No, he, the head teacher was just like, what a great initiative. Aww. This is so creative. I really like it. And we were like, no, that wasn't the... We don't want everyone to hear it. The twins might hear it and then there'll be no hope of a future with them. But then, um, years later, so I was probably about... 12 or 13 then, because at 14, everything changed me and I got my first serious boyfriend... Eddie and he was 17 so I think a lot happened with at the ages of 12 and 13 for me and I did then have a relationship with Jack oh my god but when I was about oh god I don't know 16 or 17 maybe um so I swapped wow yeah. and did he when I say relationship did he I talk mean, about... <laughs> it's very intense <laughs> two weeks of going to gigs together <laughs> yeah. and going oh, you. I snog you <laughs> so yeah a relationship <laughs> well I was going to say because if the relationship suggests that you did some proper talking as well. Oh, did he yeah. talk about the songs? Because I have to say, nobody has... I mean, I literally own one love letter, one, that I was written by my first boyfriend when we got together. Nobody has ever, ever written me a song or a poem, or if, or if they did, I'd certainly never got to know about it. And I think it's an amazing thing. And obviously, since he went on, like, he went on to go out with you, so he must have liked you, you know... You yeah, were not so forget. appalling. That's true, but it was Joe who fancied him initially. Right. So, but yes, I mean, he wasn't freaked out. To the yeah. Extent that, I know what you mean. Like, I think um, I haven't really got... No, no one's, as far as I know, written a song about me. I've definitely had... When I was at college and I was going out with a guy called Tom who was from Matlock, we used to write each other really nice letters with, like, quizzes in them and stuff. And... Um, I I left them all. I'm oh. so I left them all um, 
behind in Guildford when I moved once. I mean, I don't know. I'd never get them out and look at them now. No. I always feel a bit weird about you know like even if you read your old, old diary it's oh it's of, the worst it's a bit like eating junk food you're like oh oh my god this is, and then after about 10 minutes you just feel like shit and you're like yeah oh, this is wrong it just feels wrong to it's really funny you say that because i i maybe about a year ago now i mean sort of maybe early pandemic so hadn't gone entirely mad but was a bit mad and i found some of my old letters and again they're not they're not love letters or so I thought and I started to read one and I complete I mean I completely freaked out because it was from a a male friend of mine and it was a very very odd letter and reading it now I realized oh I think he's trying to say he liked me see that's what I thought as soon as you said you'd only got one love letter I thought I bet you've got more than one but you just couldn't tell just couldn't tell because sometimes they're not the kind of stereotypical Often a love letter isn't we're together and I miss you so much and yeah, I love you. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, a kind of complex situation. Yeah, where you it know was each other such and a yeah, complex there might be situation. A bit of nagging or that you know. Well, it was all written in third person. No, it was written about me. So it was all written like, and I know this girl and she thinks this and she's this and she's this and 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 it was very intense and not very coherent. Like I think he was having a terrible time as well. Not just about me, but in the letter like reading it now I think when I read it I was like I don't understand I don't understand this and also I was scared because I didn't like him in that way and I didn't want to have to deal with that reading it now it's like oh my god this is so obvious that this is a problem and I and I felt so ashamed because I thought I bet I reacted to this really badly I bet the letter I wrote to him was awful but it did yeah it did make me think oh god because actually Crushes, one of the reasons that crushes is such an interesting topic is that there's all of that safety and whatever in the real distant ones. And then when it gets closer, it gets much more dangerous. And I think the truth is that when someone has a crush on you and you're not interested, it's sort of the worst thing in the oh, world. Oh, yeah, it's it's hard. Like, I, I think I definitely went out with... And again, when I say went out with, I do mean like not nothing serious. Didn't have sex with them or anything, <laughs> but literally sort of held hands with them and stuff boys when I was at school because I didn't dare to tell them that I didn't fancy them oh, and also God. it was a bit of a novelty someone fancied yeah. me, wasn't it and oh, it should be a lovely thing it should just be a wow when, are the, when it happens to other people I'm always like just be grateful someone yeah. fancies you at our age <laughs> <laughs> exactly nothing nothing's going on <laughs> I fancy you. <laughs> thank you. I've been waiting for that. You have, yeah. Been. Thank you. I'm, go- I'm going up and up and up. <laughs> Anyone who says different is a liar. Um, no, I know it's it should be lovely, but then, but so you, but when you were going out with them, you what you didn't fancy them. I don't. Know, you just like, felt like sometimes you I felt didn't like want to let them down. It's so like, being a teenager is you're you're so like confused about your own identity, confused about what you would be like in a relationship everything I found everything confusing I was Mm. quite angsty and especially as I got to be kind of 14 15 upwards I was like quite rebellious um doing things I shouldn't to be honest um kind of staying out late um started smoking started smoking weed kind of so I was very kind of very self very inward looking and very kind of who am I and mm. I never ever liked being stoned and I sort of did it because my friends did it and then stopped after a bit and was like I'm so pleased that I've stopped doing that but it was like for me everything was like I better do this because my friends are doing it Yeah. and I, I sometimes think that it was the same with crushes like I 
something would maybe sort of go, oh, well, he fancies me, so I should fancy him, like, without really looking at my instincts. So I didn't know how to trust my instincts. Yeah. And I, I felt like, I've never really thought about this before, but I think this is true. There were there were lads that I went out with, um, and, and I don't include my first proper boyfriend in this and a few mm-hmm. other relationships that I had kind of getting towards my 20s. But generally, sort of in my younger teens, there were, like, lads that I would go out with but then there was like a separate category of of guys that I really 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 fancied but would never approach so it was almost like I was like kind of going like that's like the Hollywood life I will never attain but this is the Matlock life (laughs) so go out with this guy and triple denim because hashtag Matlock life yeah yes yeah that's so interesting and um and I never did that I mean I didn't even even if I did fancy someone, I would almost go the other way and just be, I mean, utterly reject myself before anything could happen. But I do... But when you saw them, would you be kind of like, yeah, hi? (laughs) Or would you, like, you know that way that people can be when they fancy people? They Yeah, awful. um, Like, passive-aggressive, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I mean, I definitely... Yeah, there was a boy who... And I still feel sad about this now because he... Like he was sort of my perfect type on paper, and we we met in a pub, and he 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 just chatted to me, and he he did this thing where he he did up when I was putting my coat on, he did it up for me as he was talking to me. It's so sweet and actually really hot, and I really fancied him, and I it didn't even cross my mind that he fancied me, and that it, that I might be able to respond in a way that would be like, hey, we should go for a date. And afterwards, my friends were all like, what what's wrong with you? Seriously, what's wrong with you? But I didn't, I was so scared of rejection that even the idea of showing interest was was wrong and bad. And I think there's a, there's some, there's some ego stuff going on there as well because I was going to say, it's interesting you saying that about um, going out with boys because it's like, well, he fancies me, I should fancy him because I was definitely part of a culture where I, I know I f- sort of forced one of my friends to go out with, with someone that she didn't really like she probably slightly fancied him she fancied him enough to get off with him a couple of times by which I mean snog I found out recently the older generation thinks that's sex and oh that's God. a big uh, like, it's a big deal well, my, isn't that us no no my parents there are people <laughs> who are alive who are not us <laughs> um, but I I was very much like no you keep saying you want a boyfriend you keep saying nobody fancies you well he fancies you, so you should go out with him. And it was almost like a, I was saying, rationally, you have to go out with him. And yeah. and that's so wrong. It's so wrong because I would never, like somebody, you know, it's like peer pressuring, literally peer pressurising someone into going out with someone. That's awful. Well, I know. <laughs> but, but I just really the... felt like, yeah. no, no, if I'm not getting this, you have to get it. You know, if someone it's fancies weird. you, you have to go out with them. Go yeah, on. Yeah, it's weird. But I think you were probably like projecting onto her or whatever the term is. Like, I'm sure I've done stuff like that. I've definitely like tried to get my mates to go out with guys I fancied oh, mates God. so that we could like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like Joe and Izzy's dating agency yeah, was that. very much a double dating. Oh, absolutely! And like, were you in love with each other? I mean, and I don't mean that in, in a sexual way. way. Yeah, that um, intensity. No, I, yeah, we were like best friends for a good few years, but I don't think I felt that. I'm thinking of Anne of Green Gables and Diana. Is mm-hmm. it Diana or yeah. Diana? Her Diana. Best friends, and then she says we're a bosom, we're a bosom, bosom friends. friends. Yeah, I didn't necessarily feel like that with Joe. It was a really lovely friendship, and we had a real laugh. But um, no, it wasn't that kind of intense. Um, I know what you mean. I haven't actually had that with a girl 
I haven't got that with a girl in my life now, but I remember having that. I remember having crushes on girls mm. in that way of really wanting to be them, like dress like them and stuff. And that's what I think you mean by that. Like that thing yeah. of like, I want almost to be it's you. so intense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I haven't had a friendship like that, but I've definitely felt that like... Absolutely. And that's confusing as well because I thought, am I bisexual? Do I fancy them or do I just want to sort of be them? Do I want to kind of absorb them like a weird animal would and kind of, you know... Sort of like that's going to kill work, any like relationship inside if you say somehow. to them, I'd like to absorb you like a weird animal. But, I mean, I'm glad I'm, no one wrote that to me in a <laughs> poem or a letter. I will write you a song. Will you? Yeah, oh, I'd with love that line that. in it. I want to absorb you like a weird animal. <laughs> So we've covered your teenage years. As you got older, was there anybody that you felt that kind of intense crush on or did you start to just have relationships? I think whenever anyone asks me who I have a crush on, who's on telly, I say Bruce Willis. (laughs) Um, I think like that's now... But then I sort of mean him like in Die Hard and stuff. Right, like, yeah. Not necessarily now, although he looks great. And they're all, all my references are really out of date because I don't really have, or Brad Pitt, who's also yeah, old quite... and I'm thinking of him in Thelma and Louise, you know, yeah. which is probably like 25 years old. Yeah. Um, but like when I, I did the comedy thing as well, you know, you were saying you got into comedy. Like I, I remember really bonding with my friends over... The day-to-day and brass eye were, like, mm. the first things I remember watching on my own, like, not with my parents, and maybe Bottom. And then we were absolutely obsessed with Mary Whitehouse experience, yeah. which you probably were too. Yeah. We went to see Punt and Dennis and Newman and Badil multiple times. I had a pair of jeans with their signatures on the thighs. <gasps> oh, my God. So yeah. they signed your thighs or did you take them off? <laughs> um, no, they signed my thighs. And I distinctly remember Newman and Badil being more comfortable with that than Punt and Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember being that at Derby Assembly Rooms me. and had gone to just see Punt and Dennis and neither of them wanted to be signing a you know, 16-year-old girl's thighs? I mean, it wasn't high up, it was just above the knee, but it is a little bit odd. Um, yeah, that's so interesting. I um, was yeah obsessed particularly with Rob Newman. That was almost my first sexual, proper sexual crush. It's like I was not imagining marrying him and having you know cups of tea and whatever i've you know uh magic mic levels um and i remember i saw them and um i asked for rob newman's autograph and then uh, honestly because i thought well that's just just rude not to i turned to david Badil and i said oh could i have yours as well and uh rob newman said Oh, we always worry that someone's going to ask just one of us and, and not the other. Yeah. But what I did was I did that, but I went, oh, to David Patel. <laughs> and now I think, oh, my God, that's the last thing you want, isn't it? It's a 14-year-old going, oh, poor you. <laughs> oh, God. 
I know. Uh, we, I was really obsessed with Rob Newman as well. And uh, both, I sort of, I mean, I liked all of them. But I fancied Rob. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think you might know this, but I gave him like reams and reams of poetry um, in Norwich that I'd written um, and he kept them in his pocket for the whole gig and I could see them <gasps> in his pocket and it was just like the most mind-blowing. Oh my God, that's so mind-blowing. I know. Um, and we gave a postcard to David at that gig. So I'd given Rob and I remember my friend's mum, Julia, came with us and, you know, she was older obviously she was Hannah's mum and she was so kind of no nonsense about it we were like in the cafe beforehand they were there that's how I gave him the poems I before. feel honestly I'm, I'm I've the adrenaline is coursing through and I had them with me I was like will I give them to him I want they weren't love poems in any way they were poems about how like nothing is real and you know things like the children of tomorrow like none of it meant anything I was like 15 but there were reams and reams of a4 pieces of paper so they weren't directed at him. They were samples of my work. Wow. So actually, I wanted him to say that I was a good writer. Yeah. That's the truth. I yeah. didn't want him really necessarily to fancy me. I wanted him to kind of acknowledge my talent. Yeah. Um, but Julia, we were sitting there and we could see them. I can't imagine this happening now before a gig, but they were in the cafe with the audience for some reason. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't. And Julia, and we have this postcard for David, and we didn't know what to write and we'd put we're from Matlock with the sheep and drawn a picture of a sheep. Matlock hasn't even really got that many sheep. It's a market town. It has got countryside around it but it's not like, it's not really a sheep place but we just were like, oh what can we put? And Julia was like if you two don't go over there now and give them this stuff, I'm just going to go over. And we were like, no! Because that was the one thing that was worse. No, you can't. The idea of her mum yeah. going over and so we we went over and, and gave them to them. And were they... Yeah, nice. they accepted them. Um, yeah. Like, and then Rob, and so we must have seen them again afterwards because I remember Rob saying that he'd had them in his pocket for the whole gig and I'd seen them in his pocket and um, he said they were great, I think. And he kept them. Oh, my yeah. God. And you met him later, didn't you? Yes, I did meet him later, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, that was like... Well, did you talk him, about those that poetry? No, and I never no. told him that no. I... Because I think it's a weird thing. There's like a sort of... Newman and Badil were massive to my year group and probably like and yours you know at that time they were and they're fantastic comics and so are Punt and Dennis um, and they've all really stood the test of time yeah. but now the odd thing is and don't you find this that people like Hugh Laurie you've probably met because it's quite actually a small industry so these yeah. people who we fancy when you were younger the chances are you are probably going to meet them. Yeah. Maybe more than once. No, absolutely. So They're like, going to be in your circle. Yeah. I haven't had this with Hugh Laurie, which is why I've kept him yeah, <laughs> sort of safe on a shelf. Yeah. But no, I have had experience of people that... And, and you're right, you can't really... I think you can't marry the two. I think if I'd been like... He probably would remember, and if he's listening now, like I would remember if someone in Norwich in the 90s had given me, or, you know, not necessarily the 90s, if I was doing a gig now in Norwich with the next show I write, and someone gives me 20 A4 sides of poetry about the children of tomorrow, um, I would remember that. So I sort of didn't want to be like, do you remember this? Because then it puts this weird dynamic on things. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you can't... Because you're immediately then... That relationship, you've set that relationship again, is I was the strange fan yeah. girl um yeah there's because there's a, f- a few people that i've met who i had fan 
hero interactions with earlier. And, and so the people that I've met, then when I've worked with them, it's like, no, 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 I'd like a work relationship now, yeah. if not a friendship, not a, oh, my God, I, I love you. I had a letter framed of yours or, or whatever because I know if someone said that to me you can't then just go oh let's go for a drink no because it's, it becomes about ego business, and yeah, you can't hierarchy absolutely. yeah well then I think their instinct would be like oh right okay so this is the dynamic yeah. and then they perhaps wouldn't be as open with you and it kind of gets a bit tricky I think so yeah yeah I think it's better to keep those things it was nice though so I think it's nice knowing that stuff and sort of being like I'd, oh, it's nice meeting these people who I yeah. used to have posters of on my wall. How many times does that... And it's the same with me with Carter, the Unstoppable Sex Machine, the band, who I didn't really fancy, but I just adored their mm. music and went to see them so many times. And, and now I know yeah. Jim Bob, yeah. as so do you. Yeah, yeah. And um, the first time I met him, it was like... I just, if I had told my 14-year-old self, I just wouldn't have believed no. it. No, so never. I think we're very lucky, actually. I don't think many people end no. up doing a job where they get to meet. No, and actually, it's one of those things I think about a lot when I'm feeling sad about my career. <laughs> I have to remind myself of what of the things like that, little things. Like, um, I in 1993, I saw Richard Herring's Ra Ra Rasputin show in in Edinburgh. Um, you know, and and that was such a, a pivotal experience going to Edinburgh that year and sort of going, oh my God, this exists, the world of comedy exists. And then and then knowing knowing him now, and it is it's a completely different thing, but every now and then, and actually the fact that I got to do Edinburgh shows is huge. Would have been you told me that when I was a teenager, that would have been enough. You know, that I'd have been like, well don't be so greedy. Well, I know, but we always want more. It's human yeah. nature, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. Know. Yeah, you have to remind yourself of that. Yeah. So of the people that we've covered today, and there have been many, you've you've been high numbers, I'm very pleased. Um, Which would you say was the the biggest, the most intense? It was probably Joey McIntyre from New Kids. Joey McIntyre. Because although I went between him and Danny, it was always originally Joey and it kind of has always been Joey. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, what would you say to him now? I'd Is say, there anything? What was it like being in a band when you were so young? Did you lose much money? Did you have a good? I think I just talked to him about the business side of things. Were you happy? Were you tired? Um, Do you know what he looks like now? No, I don't no. know what he's doing now. A lot of them go into management, don't they? Those, yeah. those um, which is probably quite canny. Um, did you get a good deal? Did you make much money? Um, <laughs> <were you laughs> what was it like having all that adoration? I think it must have been quite odd to have um, yeah, the eye so of the many storm. teenage girls just, yeah. Yeah, lovely. And we should, so Joey. Yeah, and are we doing that? So it's hard, isn't it? I don't know if McIntyre has an A in it or not, which No, is I seem to remember it doesn't. Yeah, you should know, know things like that. I'm a bit disappointed. Crush, I know. And is it Joe, Joey, or Joseph? I used to call him Joey. Well, let's um, say Joey, okay. but sh- but you should be Isabel. Yeah. Sati. Um, okay, and it doesn't have the A. Fine. What doesn't have the A? Oh, no, I don't Mac think it does. Tire, I, I suppose I, it doesn't matter anyway, does it, if we're doing I, love? No, I've remembered, like I, I, because I read Smash It so much. I mean, I did not like New Kids on the Block, um, but I did know how to spell their names. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one... The pressure to V, no Vs. No, no Vs. David was always good, wasn't it? Because it had a V. Yes. I did used to use this to see whether I should get together I with someone. I, I believe this 100%. Six. 
And there was another one where things went downwards and you counted and it ended in a different thing every time, like marriage, sex. Yeah. Somebody was, was talking a, about an this. Acronym, Flames. Flames. Someone said, yes. "Yeah, I didn't do that." Now I'm friendship, I'm, love, I'm arguments, s- marriage. E? e. What was E? Sex. Erotica. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. So I've done the important maths, and it's well, it's bad news, I'm afraid, okay. Izzy. But I suppose it's good news because you're engaged and uh, have two children. <laughs> So I'm, I'm sure that your partner will be delighted will to hear be, yeah. it's only 48 oh, percent. So yeah, that's not not even a pass. Not really a pass. In, yeah. No, it's a D. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, but Izzy, it's been a delight. To, I feel like I've learnt so much. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's been a great pleasure. I won't say amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. Crushed by Margaret Caborn Smith was hosted by Margaret Caborn Smith and produced by Sophie Black. Thanks to everyone at the amazing TVC Soho. And if you enjoy the podcast, please remember to like and subscribe as it helps people find where we are. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.